Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fastamai and welcome to Spotlight with me, Sarah Hendy. Today we'll be speaking to some of the stars of QE2's A Midsummer Night's Dream. We find out about a sci-fi play hitting the gaiety stage this week. And we have information on a new project aiming to highlight some of the issues faced by islanders which may often be hidden from view. First today, we're joined by Helena Greenlees, Head of Drama at QE2 High School, and students Connor and Summer, who star in the school's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Helena, this is such a classic. How have you at QE2 made it your own? Well, one of the uh, thoughts um, I had was it would be nice to use what we've got in the school and not kind of, you know, use too many resources and think of the environment. So there were tyres in the costume cupboard. And I thought, oh, they'd make good tree stumps. Um, And uh, we've painted a few of the boxes we've got. Uh, We found some wonderful stuff in the costume cupboard. um, And we've used that materials, even camouflage, proper army camouflage we've used. Um, So that's what we're trying to do. Use lots of stuff we've got, really, um, and have fun with it and make it quite magical and fun. for, for example, a hula hoop we've turned into the moon. Gosh, fantastic. Good on you. It's, um, they say necessity is the mother of invention, don't they? It sounds oh. like you've really, um, yeah, you've really sort of taken that. It's, uh... We'll put that on the programme. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and in terms of the setting of this production, is it um, sort of set sort of in Shakespearean times? Um, are the costumes authentic in that way? Or have you, have you chosen a different way to kind of bring this together? I thought the 50s and 60s have got such lovely vibrant kind of clothes and they, you know, we kind of wear a lot of those fashions now, the shift dresses um, and uh, bouffant hair and uh, crazy hair. So we've used some of that um, for the opening scene and for the lovers, they're kind of a, one of them is in a kind of cafe racer leather jacket because he's the rebel. Lysander, uh, and I think the kids can hook on to that theme as well and have some fun with it. And we've all got that in our wardrobes, mm-hmm. uh, and we found a lot of it in the costume cupboard. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's use what we've got. Good on you. So even if you're familiar with the play, this production is going to be a production with quite a difference. Yes, yeah. We have Connor and Summer here. You're, you're both stars of the show, as it were. Summer, what character are you playing in this production? So I play Puck, but because it is such a big role... And it's so much pressure to, for one person. Um, three people play it. Um, so actually, for one of the pucks, two people play it. So that's me and a lovely girl called Emma. So there are four of us in all, but only three will be playing at once. That must be quite a, a, a different thing to get your head around. You're sort of sharing a character. How has it worked? Have you been rehearsing together? Do you all have different ideas about who the character is and how you want to sort of portray them? Yeah, but we're all trying to, like, infuse all of our ideas because we all, like, really, like, we're really good friends. So there's me, Chloe, Emma and Artia. Mm -hmm. And we're all, like, quite good friends. We all know each other really well. And we are very different, but the same. And it's, like, difference is, like, opposites attract, I think you'd say. So we all work really well and we do rehearsals together. So it's really good. Mm -hmm. And, um... Maybe quite unusual that um, the part of Puck is being played by by girls as well. How do you feel about the character? How do you see Puck? I think that 
it's one of those characters where it's like it could be played by a man or a woman but because it's so like beautiful almost it's really unique character he's he's robbing goodfellow so it's very um like weird and kind of funky so i think a girl or a boy could play it and how have rehearsals been for you with like learning your lines and preparing because as you say it's a it's a big part and there's there's a lot to get ready yeah so we try and rehearse as much as possible but we've had end of year exams and sports things so i think miss has really helped us with not putting too much pressure on us but saying if you could make that rehearsal that'd be really great um but doing like line rehearsals at home and at school because mrs greenlees is my tutor so that really helps with having someone who's in the play and actually like directing it so close to school Um, and my friends really help as well helping me learn lines like my friend abigail every morning she goes through them with my cues and prompts it really helps um and connor tell us tell us what part are you playing in this production well I play Theseus. He's sort of an Athenian warlord in a sense. Uh, I'm supposed to get married in the play. The story behind how I got the part is a bit weird. I go on. I came to a rehearsal uh, to play a different part because Miss thought that it would suit me, but the actor who was supposed to play Theseus wasn't at that rehearsal, so I stood in for him for the time being, and I did the part so well that I was made Theseus. So it was a better fit. Uh, what What do you think? Um, what is it about Theseus? Do you think that makes it a, a good part for you? Were you typecast, maybe? Well, he's 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 very confident, and he's meant to be this strong, tough, militaristic man. Uh, it's the complete opposite of me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But. Um, just the ability to act completely opposite, I guess, yeah. sort of does it. I think I think that's a, a yeah, that's a huge um, part of performing, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. especially if um, it's a good way to to express yourself. Is is drama and performance something that you've always done, or is it something you've only discovered recently? Uh, not really. I only really started doing these productions in year eight uh, last year. How big is the production? How many people have you got involved in this? Uh, between. 30 and 45 and the reason why I'm a bit tenuous about the number is that we have got some dancers coming into it as well uh, Miss Wainwright's putting some dancers in uh, but then we've got a lovely backstage crew we've had girls and lads coming in making props painting stuff um, putting quite a bit of time in after school so all in all it might be about 55 kids involved and then you've got your lovely sound guys your lighting guys and has it been performed in Shakespearean scripts, Shakespearean language? Oh, yes. oh, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. on you. The kids have been great learning the lines. Fantastic. I was going to say, it's it's a different thing altogether to, to be... It's almost like another language, isn't it? How was it learning those lines? Um, I think that probably um, as you watch the play happen, it's much easier to understand what it means. So just reading through the scripts, you can have no idea and then seeing the really talented people we have in the show. Um, Acting it out is really amazing and it really helps you to understand what it means. Connor, is the the same true of you? Do you have any particularly powerful lines that you can share with us? Either to die the death or to abjure. Forever the society of men. I'm super excited. Um, Summit, are there there any lines you want to share with us? Are there any sort of bits that are nice wording or anything that Puck says? Um, There are quite a few, but I think um, there's a bit at the start where they're describing how much um, the king, Oberon, 
wants the changeling boy that Titania has, and it's because that she is her attendant hath. A lovely boy, stolen from an Indian king. She never had so sweet a changeling, and jealous Oberon would have the child. Knight of his train, to trace the forest wild, and now they never meet in grove or green, by fountain clear or spangled starlight sheen, but they do square, that all their elves for fear creep into acorn cups and hide them there. Beautiful, guys. Blown away. Yeah, that yeah. Does well done, well done, team. If you've got dancers, have you got have you got music as well? Oh yes, um, we've got and some modern what, music in yeah. it and, and old music. We've got stuff from Pulp Fiction. Gosh. We've even got a Greek Zorba dance in it, or Zorba the Greek, the lovely wedding uh, dance. Yeah. In it. So a real mashup of music to kind of um, hook the audience and give them a great entertaining night because it's a Laurel laughs in the play, mm-hmm. as Scylla would say. <laughs> A Midsummer Night's Dream takes place tonight and tomorrow night at QE2 High School. For tickets, get in touch with the school's reception on 841000. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This week, the service players' staging of Communicating Doors hits the Gaiety stage. We're now joined by Helen McKenna of the service players and Cliff Chapman, the show's director. So... For anybody who's not familiar with this play, it's quite interesting in how it moves through time. It's not necessarily in a linear fashion. It kind of loops and comes back around again. Um, tell us a little bit about how how that works and um, and the importance of that in the play. I think it's, um, it, it's rare that you see science fiction on stage because for a lot of people... A, they only understand science fiction as spaceships and lasers and alien planets and millions of dollars of CGI when it's really about the concepts and what you can do with that and how it affects characters. Uh, And also a a lot of people have the view that science fiction is something that kids enjoy and then you you grow out of sci-fi because you're too busy to have an imagination once you're a grown-up. And also it's a play on... Uh, Eightborn's take on farces so you've got the old traditional farces lots of opening doors and hotel rooms and people running around with not many clothes on and you know not terribly modern not terribly feminist a bit carry on Uh, and so it's Eightborn sort of responding to a lot of cliches and building something that is actually um, quite progressive quite modern it's quite a feminist take on it it's really intelligent exploration of time travel and the effects of it but it's it's all about the characters and their reactions to it so it's uh, it's a, a Stephen Moffat sort of kind of thing um, you know it's it's good 25 years old now but I think it stayed nicely relevant and probably fits in with a lot more entertainment now than maybe it did back in 94 when it was written I did toy with the idea of making it a sort of historical future thing obviously the play was written in 94 so when it was written the present day was 1994 the future was 2014 which is now the past it's like that bit in yellow submarine isn't time funny because the present is now the past and the future is now the present um it was always written in mind that you would set the middle chunk of it in the present day and you would shift 20 years back and 20 years into the future so what we have for our production is uh, the future is 2039 the present is 2019 and the past is 1999 
1979, which is kind of tricky because there's a big difference between the 70s, the 90s, and what you imagine the future might be. Um, sitting down when we decided, okay, this is the best way it's going to work, um, you start to think, I, I was 18 in 1999. What has changed? And you think, well, there's Netflix and smartphones and more people have the internet now, but what is, it doesn't have that visual identity in my head because 1999 is still the recent past for me but again the play doesn't push too much of the affectations and the um the the dressing of it um so yeah it's kind of some of the future things that uh, are mentioned in there um from Poupe's time certain aspects of technology certain aspects of society and slang it's actually quite subtle so there's little bits here and there that you sort of pick on that identify her as from the future uh, certain words that she uses differently but it's by no means clockwork orange <laughs> or anything like that so um, I, I think what's quite nice is it, it manages to use time travel devices without necessarily limiting you too much so I think doing it in a few years time you might have to change a few more little references um but it's rather cleverly written in that you don't have to work too hard for that the the idea of the time differences is more important than what you see whereas in back to the future you've got your, your hoverboards and set the scene for us here what journey does the play take us on sort of through this time travel how does that form part of the storyline? Well, essentially, um, we actually begin in the future. So our, our first introduction is future time. And then uh, through a, a rather terrifying, dramatic experience, you know, this is this is not a gag a minute fast. This is actually quite thrilling and quite serious with jokes in it as well. Um, it's... Um, our, our heroine is uh, transported back to the present day from the future. So she's a little bit of a fish out of water coming back through time. And then um, through a further conceit, we have a new time zone. But I won't say too much about who goes where and what happens, because, again, there's a little bit of specific rules and a bit of a twist to it. So essentially, we hop through... Um, we hopped through 60 years, I think, it, yeah, 60 years, um, uh, all through the means of uh, a hotel. Helen, we follow three very different women who are connected. Tell us about your character and, and her role in this in this play. Okay, so Phoebe, but her name is Poupe. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> Interesting name. <laughs> yes, it's French. <laughs> um, she is actually one of the most interesting parts I've ever played, not least because she's actually a little bit older than I am. Uh, I think she's about 32, 33 in, in the play. Um, but she's lived quite a, a hard life. But uh, she's actually really fun. For someone that's been through quite a lot, uh, she's got an amazing sense of resilience Um and when she meets, um, so the other ladies in the play are uh, Ruella, uh, played by Rachel Martin. She learns a lot from Ruella. Um, and then the other lady, uh, played by Faye Devlin, uh, Jessica, she is completely different. <laughs> uh, not least because she's obviously from a different time period, uh, 1999, I think is the year. So um yeah, she le- she learns and gains a lot of perspective from each of, of the women and the way they interact is obviously it's a comedy so it's quite humorous but it's also it does have some serious undertones to it as well um, but I, I've actually really enjoyed playing Poupe uh, 
it's definitely it's definitely something to come and watch and um with these different time periods sort of working into the play although as you say we're in the same place we're just in the same place different time periods um how have you prepared for this because having to sort of take on although you said sort of there are no sort of significant affectations that it's quite subtle um i don't know did you have to go back and watch friends or anything to try and get back into a 90s mindset um well, for me, with uh, Pupé, I think it was more actually the area of London. Uh, London has uh, gone into quite a dark sort of period of time. Um, and uh, the area that she's from, I had to kind of like, just, just to gain more sort of, sort of characterization, uh, the accent, of course, because <laughs> uh, she's from Streatham. Streatham. <laughs> so yeah more more about London if anything um, and becoming more streetwise because obviously the Isle of Man <laughs> we've only got Strand Street and so uh, Ramsey as you know <laughs> so yeah just for me um, personal development uh, in that sort of sense but also um, yeah back back to the 90s and that's that's great to do obviously um, looking at all the fashion and and things like that um, but obviously Poupé it's more of a, a futuristic sort of feel so um, but yeah, all the time periods and just just thinking I was uh, about eight in the year 2000. <laughs> so it's just crazy to think like, yeah, back then, obviously, 1994, when it was written, things were just, yeah, as Cliff was saying, the future is always different in people's heads back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different world, really, looking back on it. Um, and Cliff mentioned that this play is kind of a response to perhaps... Um, mildly sexist at times farce and sort of comedy um that kind of sense of humor often mm. comes with its own limitations how do you feel in this role do you feel empowered do you feel like this is um a sort of more up-to-date approach to this kind of comedy how do you feel in your role i think i do actually feel as though especially like obviously moving through the different time periods and the trials and tribulations that the ladies go through, I do actually think it starts off, um, like Cliff was saying, quite the typical sort of um, farce feel and people will be like, what is going on? But then as you actually see what what unfolds, um, I I definitely feel like the character uh, gains a sense of empowerment and obviously... Yeah, by the end, I feel, yes, women can fight back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a really good girl power kind of play. Yeah. I really hope that it's it's got an audience, um, that uh, people will come to it. You know, it's it's not a musical. It's not uh, it's not a play with lots of children in from schools. And it's, it's not a well-known adaptation of TV or theatre. It's hopefully, you know, it, it's hopefully the appeal is something a little bit different there's never been a movie or a tv series made of communicating doors which i hope is an advantage for it because you know people will say you know i've i've not seen this i've not experienced this is the only way to experience this let's give it a go so a story we haven't heard before exciting times um, take. yeah love it when can we come and see you on stage and how do we get hold of our tickets also i know you said there are no children in the play is it something that is appropriate for children to attend or maybe not i think really speaking it's a sort of 13 14 15 years old minimum if you're pretty relaxed about that okay so maybe um, a 12 a a 12 a to 15 yeah. i mean it's um there are there are certain themes but you know it's it's not excessively violent yeah. or sexual yeah, on stage okay. it's not, yeah it's um, not, um, 
but yeah. but yeah it's 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 more of a, a teenage to grown up sort of thing i think mm-hmm. um and yes it's the 4th 5th and 6th of july so thursday friday saturday uh it starts at 7:30 at the beautiful gaiety theater which i just fell in love with all over again when i walked in backstage yesterday um, it has that effect doesn't it it's magical um and um yeah so it's an absolute bargain uh, come and see it Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Kat Turner and Veronique Mistian are calling for islanders to take part in a new initiative aimed at equipping islanders facing various difficulties to tell their own stories through creative media and shed light on a side of life on the Isle of Man which may often be hidden from view. For me, um, the idea was born out of um, having a conversation with Veronique. Um, So Veronique and I are both on the board of a magazine together, Positive News, and we were having a conversation at a board meeting down in London quite some time ago, and Veronique talked about something she'd done when working with, um, in her case, specifically with homeless groups, Um, and Veronique, I'll hand over to you if that's okay, and you can just explain a little of... what that what that was sure that sounds good um the project is called from the ground up and um it's with people who are homeless or have been homeless in london it uh, we've been doing that for uh, two two and a half years now and we have six months training with a group of between 10 and 12 people and the idea is that the I'm going to I train them uh, in journalistic skills so they can report on issues um, that they find important to them as people who really know about homelessness and that often the mainstream media might not even think of and also tell their own stories. So it's it's twofold. Um, and and yes, it's I really love doing this. I think it's a great program. I think everyone wins. And I was telling Kat about it, and she thought it'd be really good to do something similar on the island. I, I was really inspired by by this idea, um, but thought maybe we could take it slightly wider than just people who are homeless or in insecure accommodation. So um, we thought about extending it to um, all sorts of people who might be living somewhat on the margins, struggling with challenges that might be really visible, so physical health or might be less visible to the rest of society. So they've got very low income or they're struggling with some mental health problems or grief or other challenges that that, um, aren't apparent as we're making our our, our way around in our daily life. Um, And finding ways for, usually, um, usually you find projects where somebody's telling somebody else's story, but we wanted to empower these people to tell their own story um, and using the medium that works best for them. So we've been incredibly lucky because we found um, creatives in the fields of journalism, so Veronique, um, creative writing, photography, videography, um, and we want to give the people who decide to take part in this the chance to try out all of these skills and learn some things and also to think about what part of their story they want to tell to shed light on what life is like on this slightly shadowy other island, um, the one that's not being lived 
by people who are perhaps in a in a more comfortable mainstream. Yeah, and that's why we call the the, the project the other Highland um, because yes, we want people with experience which might not be really the mainstream experience on the island to have to have a voice. Um, and so the participants will gain useful skills in creative expression, different techniques, a way to communicate their stories. Hopefully they'll form friendships. Um, and I think they may gain self-confidence just to know that people might be interested in what they ha- in in their stories, in what they have to say. Um, and we hope that people from the island um, would find it interesting and that it would help them to connect to different experience in a way that's not intellectual, but more on a human level, that they'll be maybe touched somehow by those stories, that they would learn something, um, understand maybe different issues. And maybe, who knows, maybe it could lead to some changes if, if there are changes that need to be done. At this stage, you're actually looking for participants. You want people to come forward and and, um, find out more about being involved. We do, we do. We've had a few applications already, um, but we have um, an application form that you can find on the Facebook page for The Other Island, um, or people could email us at stories at theotherisland.im or people can give me a call on 482077 um, and I can put one in the post for them if need be. The closing date for that is actually quite imminent, um, 10th of July. Um, so if anybody wants to find out a little bit about it, they're very welcome to, to give us a call and have a chat and just make sure it's something that they that might be appropriate for them. Yeah, and as we said, it, it can be people from all walks of life. I mean, you can have Absolutely. an enormous house and still have terrible wor- money worries or... Um, terrible struggles with your mental health or um, physical um, difficulties as well. This really could be be anyone. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, People of all ages, um, all ages, all backgrounds, we all face challenges at some point in our lives. And some people are fortunate enough to have the resilience or the support networks to help pull themselves out of it. For other people, it's a bit more difficult. And they have quite a long period of time or their whole lives wrestling with challenges. That's all we have time for this week. Don't forget you can download today's programme as a podcast on the Manx Radio website and submit your own creative content to spotlight at manxradio.com. Have a lovely creative week. Slen you.